Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode five of the From the Outside with Sarah C podcast. I am Sarah Crosscut, the host and creator of this podcast and the owner and facilitator of From the Outside, the series of plants and nature-based lessons that help us to cultivate a deeper relationship to the natural world, ourselves, and each other. In addition, I am a published environmental writer. My work has been included in several anthologies published by Plants and Poetry Journal, www.plantsandpoetry.org, and Wild Roof Journal, www.wildroofjournal.com. You can learn more and find links on my website, www.fromtheoutsidellc.com. In this episode five, Beauty, we begin to explore the mushrooms of our fairy circle, the fruiting bodies of feelings and emotions that help us to cultivate and deepen our relationship with nature and ourselves. Inspired by this unique and magical phenomenon in nature, I have created a model or means in which we as humans can connect more purposefully and intentionally with nature. In episode three, I explore the importance of spending some of our time with nature in silence, solitude, and stillness. These are the states of being that help us to tap into nature's wisdom and facilitate our intentional and purposeful connection to nature. These three states of being also create the upper part of our sacred fairy circle sphere. In episode four, I introduced the fairy circle model as a path to deepen our relationship with nature. If you missed past episodes and feel like you are missing some of the details, then please listen in. In this week's episode, we will discover beauty. I think it is the easiest feeling or emotion to experience in nature, but often the most difficult to embrace within ourselves. I am a nature nerd and immerse myself completely in the natural world. It is like a web forms around me, a thin membrane that holds my attention and focus solely with the world of nature. Mostly I hike solo so I can remain within my tangled web for hours. If you do hike with me, do not expect to break any speed or time records. I am a slow, mindful ground gazer looking for inspiration, new growth, ephemeral wildflowers, mushrooms, fiddlehead ferns, bugs, seed pods, interesting shapes and textures, lichens, fungi, stages of decomposition, whatever reveals its presence and beauty to me. I mentioned in episode one that from a very young age, I have felt more connected to nature than to humans. Natural systems are beautiful in every stage, germination, birth, growth, death, decomposition, the entire life cycle. It is all part of the artistry of life, raw, unfiltered, naked beauty. In so much of modern culture, humans have grown to appreciate beauty selectively. There are parameters, standards, expectations, and filters. We are all created from the same stuff, share the same life source, and born into our own unique, authentic, beautiful body. 
So I wrote the following essay after spending time with not one, but two big, beautiful, old white oak trees that stood in the front yard of a house I was renting. Their silhouettes at dusk conjured up the image of the tenebrous twisted trees of fairy tale forests brought to life by storytellers. A journey into the fairy tale forest requires fearlessness, fortitude, and grit. Characters emerge through the thicket, transformed, having battled the bulwark of branches, daunting darkness, and wicked, wicked wildlife. Consequently, these frightful forests can become fantastical, a bright, beautiful, bewitching place filled with whimsical woodland creatures that can offer guidance and wisdom to weary visitors. I have always felt a particularly deep connection to trees and over time sharing ground and place with these two trees, I grew to identify deeply with the white oak. This essay is also the first essay that was chosen for publication. It is included in Plant and Poetry Journal's Anthology of Environmental Writers, Volume 1. You can explore this publication and others at plantsandpoetry.org. They have several nature-themed journals, several of which include my work, and I am so grateful to have connected and remain connected to the plants and poetry community. So this is the white oak, Quercus alba. In my work, I have an activity in which I ask my participants, if you could be a plant, what plant would you be and why? Participants are often hesitant to answer, so I begin, I would be a tree. Never a specific species of tree, but strong, sturdy, wise, grounded, and deeply rooted nonetheless. After returning from a short respite in remote Alaska, I find myself living in a small cottage with a large yard surrounded by forest. In my front yard grows a gnarled old white oak tree, Quercus alba. After observing the life of this time-worn tree over several seasons, I have decided that the queenly Quercus alba is the tree I would most like to epitomize. Quercus alba, the white oak, is a deciduous tree native to eastern and central North America. Most grow to a height of 80 to 100 feet and live for 200 to 300 years. If undisturbed, some trees can reach a height of over 100 feet and thrive for 600 years. Although both its common and species name, alba, means white, indicates ivory attributes, the name refers to the lighter ash gray color of the bark. The bark of the white oak is its most distinguishing detail. Its exquisite exfoliating exterior is a pattern of imbricate protruding plates, a thick, vigilant veneer encircling and protecting the vital living inner sanctum of the stately species. This aesthetic armor acts as a shield, a physical adaptation to protect the tree from fatal fire damage. The wood of Quercus alba is heavy, hard, strong, durable, and naturally water and rot resistant. Artfully used in the construction of ship hulls, wine and whiskey barrels, caskets, and furniture, white oak is a valuable resource that withstands the test of time, both in structure and story. 
In addition, its acorns are sweeter than those of other oak species, making them the most palatable and preferred food source for forest-dwelling animals, including white-tailed deer, black bear, squirrel, several species of bird, rabbit, and mouse. Native Americans ground the white oak acorns into flour. The white oak is a species strong and persistent in presence, wrapped in its picturesque protective bark, the white oak's majesty, majestic form grows in grace and beauty. Like the worthy white oak, I stand strong and deeply rooted. My unconditional love, unremitting joy, and intuitive wisdom spread out from my sacred center to others, like the farthest reaching branches of a tree. At 57 years of age, my exterior up pastiche pattern of wrinkles, laugh lines, age spots, and stretch marks is as, a, is as exquisite as the beautiful bark of the white oak. My silver hair is akin to the ash gray color. Like the queenly Quercus alba, I am wrapped in a resplendent but resilient skin, grounded in gratitude and sustained by self-love and compassion, powerful and persistent. I continue to age authentically in grace and beauty. Beauty is effortless to find in nature. We could share stories for hours about the beautiful things we have seen and experienced in the natural world. Each one of us connecting with nature wholly, fully with all of our senses can find beauty. By observing the beauty we see in nature, in all of its stages, its rhythms, cycles, and seasons, we can unearth and embrace our unique beauty and the beauty in others without judgment. This second essay was written as a request from a friend who was at the time working with adults recently released from prison. I was also facilitating workshops for those in recovery or those who had family members in recovery from substance use disorder. I pondered the species of plants that are often considered weeds. Currently, my yard and garden space are full of these dainty but prolific flora Chickweed, henbit, johnny jump ups, dead nettle, clover, dandelion, and wild onion. It is a sea of tiny blossoms, and I wish it would stay that way because I absolutely love it. But in the gardening world, weeds have a somewhat negative connotation. Although they are just plants growing in places, they were not planted. As I've said before, every organism on this planet has a purpose and part, including those species, like weeds, that many consider less desirable or worthy. Weeds. In lawns and other manicured green spaces, weedy species of plants are undesirable and burdensome, often a mark of disgrace bringing judgment upon the gardener. These misplaced plants are denounced for their, for their pervasive, prolific, and pushy presence in every plot of land that humans attempt to propagate. Ecologically, weeds are referred to as naturalized species or plant species that have successfully reached level one of ecological function by establishing and maintaining a population outside of their assumed indigenous habitat range. In natural systems, they are recognized as the hardy, groundbreaking, resilient pioneer species that are the first species to colonize a new ecosystem or reestablish an area that has been disturbed by flood, fire, or other perturbation. 
They are the widespread generalists, bountiful and beautiful, adept at adaptation and experts in expansion. Only in areas of human disturbance are weeds undesirable invaders. Looking beyond the gardener's pristine plot, these plentiful plants are powerful. As a child, I discovered the wonder of weedy species wandering about my backyard lawn. Chickweed crept through the thick green turf with its ear-shaped leaves, hairline along its stem, and tiny delicate star-shaped white flowers, a refuge for the garden fairies. Common clover, its white flowers buzzing with bees, brought me to my belly in hopes of discovering a single stem with the rare and fortuitous fourth leaf. The simple common dandelion with its bright yellow flower head composed of countless tiny single florets that mysteriously morphed into a silvery soft sphere of seeds scattered by a single wish-laden blow. Through a child's perspective, these pesky perennials had magical properties. They brought joy, luck, and hope. Without judgment, their persistent misplaced presence was valued. Like the undesirable species growing in a utopian garden, many in the human species are judged and devalued. Social stigma germinates around various populations, people with mental illness, substance use disorder, differences in learning styles or intellect, or criminal background. It is through society's lens of benightedness and burden that many of us may collectively be perceived or perceive ourselves as less worthy than others. However, this is only one perspective. Just as a child appreciates the bewitchment and beauty of the backyard lawn weeds, we can learn to acknowledge and embody our own power when we are feeling misplaced. Our orientation may not be what we envisioned, but in our novel position, we can stand proud in our story. We can root ourselves firmly in the fertile ground of gratitude and self-acceptance, expand our extent to encourage others, scatter the seeds of hope and healing, nurture our talents, and mature wholly into our own magic and beauty. It is easy to recognize the beauty of particular organisms or landscapes we see in nature. A majestic mountain view, a spectacular sunrise or sunset, a brightly colored fragrant flower or beautiful butterfly, the list goes on and on. But what about the parts of nature that we have to look deeper to see beauty? A forest after a fire, a decomposing log full of beetles, termites, fungi, a tidal marsh or wetland. We must look deeper beyond the surface to see the beauty, the fertile ground and new growth after a forest fire. Some seeds need to be exposed to fire to germinate. Periodic natural fire is an important part of many ecosystems as it promotes ecological health and balance. A decomposing log is countless organisms in a community working to break down and return nutrients to the soil, a necessary function in all ecosystems. A wetland, a productive community that improves water quality, creates a protected nursery ground for juvenile fish and crabs, 
provides food for migratory birds, stabilizes the shoreline, and prevents erosion, establishing one of the most biodiverse and biologically productive ecosystems on the planet. Beauty comes from within. It is not just form, but also function. This is true in every organism in nature, including humans. When we see beauty in all stages of development, through all our cycles, rhythms, and seasons, not just in form, but in function, we appreciate it without judgment or filter or expectation. We connect more deeply to it, and ultimately, we actively protect it. We protect what we see in nature, and we protect our own self-worth. In addition, we cultivate the other feelings and emotions represented by the mushrooms in our fairy circle. Gratitude, love, joy, peace, wonder, and all. It's all connected. Finding our magic, kinship, belonging, purpose, connection, and harmony. So, how do we affirm the beauty that we experience in nature? How do we acknowledge that every stage, process, and cycle in life and death is beautiful? How do we appreciate and celebrate the inherent inherent individual beauty of all beings in the natural world, including humans? So here is a suggested activity to connect more deeply to beauty, purposefully and intentionally. So in episode three, I shared specific steps to this process. If you missed it, you may want to go back and listen in. So this is connecting to beauty. So the first thing is to find something in nature whose beauty you are immediately drawn to. This should not be hard. A flower, a butterfly, a sunset, a particular landscape, whatever it is, something that you immediately are drawn to its beauty. And then you are going to observe this with your whole body. Use your sight, smell, breath, listen, hearing, use your ears and touch if you can. So if you're observing a flower, you can probably touch it. But when I talk about touch, I mean like if you're observing a sunset Maybe observe what does the sun feel like in that golden hour on your body. Or if you're observing a sunrise, what does that sun feel like when it first hits your body as it's coming up over the horizon? So using a journal or your phone, I like to use a journal with pencils or pens. Um, I know some people like to dictate into their phone or put their notes in their phone, but somehow record the an- your answers to the following questions. So the first question is, what do you observe that is beautiful? Not just I'm observing a flower that is beautiful, but what about that flower is beautiful? What draws you or what makes you feel its beauty? So what do you observe that is beautiful about this landscaped object, flower, whatever you're looking at. Number two is what is the significance to you? And number three is what is nature revealing to you about the feeling or emotion of beauty? So let me give you those questions again. Number one, 
what do you observe that is beautiful about so details about what you're looking at? Number two is what is the what is the significance to you? And number three is what is nature revealing to you about the feeling or emotion of beauty? So once you complete this with something in nature that you are immediately drawn to its beauty, I want you to do the same activity with something in nature that you are not initially drawn to its beauty. Maybe it's a swamp or it's a mud puddle or a log that's decomposing. So you'll do it once with something that you are immediately drawn to its beauty and then you'll do this whole activity again with something that you are not initially drawn to its beauty. So I would love for you to share your experience. You can connect with me through email uh, from the outside LLC at gmail.com or you can connect with me through my website or social media. I'm Sarah at on Instagram. I'm at Sarah C underscore outside. So please do not hesitate to share. Our beauty is deeper than what we see. Deepening our relationship with nature and experiencing her beauty in many forms helps us to affirm, acknowledge and appreciate our unique beauty. We grow our acceptance, compassion, and self-love as we move towards finding our magic. In the coming weeks of podcast episodes, I will continue to dive deeper into the fairy circle and its parts and how it can serve as a model to deepen our connection with the natural world, ourselves, and each other. I hope you will listen in. We're kind of moving through these fruiting body mushrooms, which are all these feelings and emotions for the next few weeks. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to venture out to your backyard, a local park, a green space near you where you work and spend a few minutes purposefully and intentionally connecting with nature. Find beauty in many forms. Use your whole body, really integrate into your being what you see, smell, hear, feel, and taste if applicable. Sit in silence solitude, and stillness. They are important states of being in nurturing our nature connections. It may be uncomfortable out of one's comfort zone and overwhelming feelings may surface. That's okay. Record what you notice, how you feel in a journal or on your phone. Acknowledge nature's wisdom and role in your life. Nature shows us how beautiful and transformative growth can be. Remember, we are all connected to the source of life and each other. With that said, you can connect with me through my website, www.fromtheoutsidellc.com or on Instagram at Sarah C underscore outside. Links to my podcast, website, publications, webinars, and all the things can be found there. Visit my website for upcoming classes in the local community, webinars, latest publications, and details on workshops available for educational settings, professional development, recovery programs, conferences, or other groups. As always, please feel free to reach out. One more mention for those of you in the Richmond, Virginia area or close enough, (laughs) 
On Saturday, April 15th from 10 to 11.30 a.m., I will be facilitating an adult education class at Lewis Ginter Botanical Garden in Richmond, Virginia. The class is titled Voice, the Language of Flowers. So we will be looking at floriography or the language of flowers. It is the covert expression of one's feelings through flowers and flower arrangement. Although this practice has been in place for thousands of years in Europe, Asia, and Africa, it is closely associated with England's Victorian era. Messages and feelings were expressed through the language of flowers in gifted small bouquets called tussimussies. Using the garden as inspiration, we will explore the language of flowers and find our own voice within the world of plants, creating our own tussimussie to express our thoughts and feelings. If interested, you can register on the Lewis Ginter Botanical Garden website, which is www.lewisginter.org. Thank you so much for listening in. Until next time, take care.